Hey, what's happening? It's Thursday, October 7th, 2021. It's a little bit later than usual, about 8.15 p.m. Pacific time. Had some interesting developments and stories we talked about yesterday. Uh, This move by the Attorney General Merrick Garland, a guy that, thank God, the Republicans kept out of the Supreme Court a few years back when Obama tried to get him in, uh, if you didn't hear yesterday, I talked about this. I'm sure you heard over the news that he is now labeling in an indirect way any parent that disagrees with the school board about content, content being taught in the classroom, meaning critical race theory. Merrick Garland's asked the FBI to start investigating, quote, threats against teachers and school board members. This is a watershed moment, and we'll start with this tonight because it was the bulk of the topic last night. And, you know, Garland did this, I believe it was yesterday or the day before, maybe it was Tuesday, but he comes out in a press release, and rather than going after the potential terrorists that are coming across the southern border or help with real law enforcement issues, real crimes that could be federalized and might need federal uh, DOJ support, He's decided that parents, moms in particular, should not be raising their voices at school board meetings. Uh, One dingus at MSNBC, I believe she's the daughter of Senator Menendez, longtime Democrat. She appeared on MSNBC today with examples. She had promised yesterday that she was going to share examples of this behavior that is being labeled potentially as domestic terrorism. And you saw a couple moms pointing at school board members and not threatening them, just telling them essentially that they were being abusive by requiring masks, by teaching warped content like critical race theory. And this now, you moms out there, if you go to a school board meeting and raise your voice and make any demand too loud, you might be investigated by the FBI. That's where these dipshits are going. And really, I shouldn't say that. They're they're the psychopaths we know. They're communists. We are now getting into the federal arm of Joe Biden's investigative legal branch. He's got his attorney general getting involved using the FBI to scare people from showing up at a school board meeting and arguing with these elected school board members who work for schools that are paid for by taxpayers, the people that are going to the board meeting. That's the point. I went to one as a kid about busing us students all over the damn county because they'd not planned for the growth in Orange County And these school board members were destroyed. One of them was a nice guy, a family friend. And it was tough to see what he went through. It was embarrassing for him. And they ended up not busing us 20 miles away from our homes out of our district. They had to capitulate because of the show of force from parents and students. That's how it works. That's the supposed democratic process in action. Now, in the end, the school board members are going to decide what they're going to decide. They don't have to listen. But a large show of support, and as they say, spirited debate, which they're claiming, Jen Psaki's claiming is welcome, bullshit, uh, 
it, that's part of it. And it's get it gets loud. It gets uncomfortable. And with this this all, it all I'm not I'm not cliche. If I say something comes back to liberalism, it's because it does. And when I say liberalism, I'm talking about feminism, I'm talking about socialism, I'm talking about just about every ism in their playbook. But the core is liberalism, and they do not like to be questioned. This isn't about threats. This isn't about anything but you disagreeing with them and they potentially losing control of indoctrinating your kids. And I've been wanting to talk about this for a while because I believe nationwide our public school system is trash. My kids aren't in these schools, haven't been for a while, thank you, Jesus. And what I've seen, I have close friends whose kids are in every level of school, junior high, grade school, and high school. These high school kids are taking eight, some of them, there's eight classes they have a day, at least seven. And I assumed when I heard that, they must alternate. They must have four on one day, three, no, no, seven every day, the same class. You have teachers that have over five hours in some cases with the students, and that's not enough to teach them history, and they still have a ton of homework. And they're in class seven hours a day? You know, Europe doesn't do it that way. Universities, as pathetic as they are, don't do it that way. You grind these kids, you expect them to actually learn. They're just training to regurgitate. I don't know how they find time to hammer them with things like critical race theory. It's probably why they're not doing it in high schools. They don't have a place to fit it with trying to keep all of these lazy-ass teachers employed. I'm sorry, but if you're a teacher and you can't teach kids with five hours a week at your disposal, you suck at your job. And if you have to have them, if you need them to spend an additional two hours total per week working on their own, for them to learn, you suck at your job. You don't deserve your summers off. And I'm frankly tired of you guys. Most of you punch a card. I've known great teachers. I know they're out there. I have a couple in my family and a couple that aren't. That suck. They couldn't hack it. They're doing something else because they were lazy. They wanted to teach from a handbook they wanted to teach every student the same way. They wanted it to be cookie cutter, and they wanted a protected job with benefits. Sadly, sorry, that's probably the motivation for most of these people. And add to the fact that many of them are going to liberal arts colleges, learning from communist liberals who couldn't hack it in the real world, and they're taking this same lazy cookie cutter academic approach into the classroom with your kids. Talk to a kid today in a public school and ask them what class they're excited about. Most are just going to shake their heads and be like, I don't know. I just got to get through it. That's how I was. I went to a pretty damn good school, but I'd say in four years, it wasn't public, in four years, I probably had five or six great teachers. I think that's five or six times more than your average public school kid. And they got to go home and do a bunch of work on their own and somehow learn when they're juggling seven classes. So now what they got to do with that burden on your high school kids, maybe even junior high, they got to get you early. They got to get this stuff done in preschool. And it's not just critical race theory. They're teaching genderization shit. 
They're teaching all sorts of ideology-shaping porn to preschool-age kids in some of these states. And it's clearly more of an issue in the blue or bluish states. Virginia's jumping off, but you hear about it in Florida. And today, a mom got a standing ovation. Her name is Keisha King, called for a, quote, max exodus from the public school system. That's their biggest fear. Not because they worry about your kids learning elsewhere. They know. These school board members, these liberals who want to indoctrinate your kid, they know these kids will get a better actual education outside of their public school districts. They know it. They'll admit it if they can get away with it, but deep down they know that it's trash. They know that if it's exposed and if it's ever cut back, they or their close grifter friends who like to talk shit about your son in the teacher's lounge, they know their jobs are at risk. Because God forbid some authentic third party comes in and audits the public school system and releases to the public how goddamn useless it is for most kids getting an actual education. God forbid that happens to them and they will never let it. So any attempt at oversight or criticism is going to be ferociously attacked. And now you have teachers and school board members claiming they feel threatened. Remember, you don't have to provide an actual example when a liberal fucking feels something. Because liberals' feels are all that matter. If they feel a cop acted inappropriately or too violently or shouldn't have shot somebody, even though that somebody robbed a goddamn liquor store and is a piece of shit human being, they don't care. If the cop acted within procedure, they felt it was wrong. And those feels are what matters no matter what, I don't know, the DOJ might say about Michael Brown being an overall scumbag and Officer Wilson justifiably shooting him. It's written down. It's a DOJ report under Obama's DOJ. They still don't care. If you tell them Michael Brown had it coming, which he did, They point you to a high school photo that every street thug can dig up. I'm sure there's one out there of that piece of shit up in Arlington who shot up his school a couple days ago. I'm sure if given the chance, a gorgeous, pretty, filtered class picture can be found of this upstanding student who brought a gun to school. Similar to how Michael Brown tried to take a gun away from a cop. Son, you got it. That's what happens. You play the stupid game. After robbing a man, after being the bully you are, liberals don't care because they felt different. And that's what makes them dangerous. Evidence doesn't matter. And if they feel threatened in a school board meeting, then that's all that matters. They don't have to provide evidence. That is beneath them because they know better. Whether it's safety, whether it's education, it doesn't matter. You pick a subject And the liberals will tell you what you need to believe and how you need to feel. And if they think you should not be questioning them, then you should stop questioning them. Well, what's awesome is that they're fucking around with moms. And moms don't play. Like Keisha King in Florida, calling for a max exodus from the public school system. That's fantastic. If one out of 100 people takes that as a call to action, 
Nationwide, the public school system loses millions. Millions. And if that's what it takes to get these idiots to pay attention, then so be it. She said, I really think at this point the only thing to do is have a max exodus from public school systems. That's it, King said. And of course, she responded or she received a standing ovation. Now, apparently, she previously drew national attention for her speech opposing critical race theory in June. I'm going to have to look that one up. She works with the group Moms for Liberty. Well, guess what? That group's going to be on a terror watch list now. You watch. And you know what, Miss King, Keisha? She should hold that as a badge of honor. Good. Because if being a parent who wants to express concern and fight things like critical race theory in schools makes me a domestic terrorist, then call me the freaking Gary Nichols of public school education. Bring me in. If, you, if that's what you're going to do, if we're going to be domestic terrorists for that, sign me up. If it's just simply questioning and arguing with the school board member, shit, we gave them the job they have. We can fire them. And unfortunately, that's what's going to be next. We have to have actual people who have had actual jobs, who have somewhat semi-normal-ass families, start running for school boards. So that when critical race theory nonsense and trash or gender studies trash is being proposed as a serious option for a curriculum... A dude like me stands up and says, you fucking crazy? What are you talking about? Hell no. We're not even going to discuss it. That is not our role. We're supposed to actually teach these kids things that will prepare them for the world. Make them able to show up up for a job and know a little bit. Be a somewhat well-rounded American. Not some socialist as part of the resistance. Some progressive. Fungu, get out of here with the progressive shit in schools. I'm sorry I'm swearing more tonight, but this this one hits home. Because it's time. If they want to fight, then we should have one. If they want to put these G-men, fed boys, with their GQ haircuts, looking like a bunch of neo-Nazis themselves, pretending at these rallies to be white nationalists, if we want to show up with those guys, bring them on. They don't stand a chance against moms like Keisha King. In her speech, she said, with this FBI thing, awesome, call him out. It just made me realize, what else are we supposed to do? Standing up to this pe- these people doesn't seem to matter. I mean, we have, all of us, we've been at these school board meetings, and they have. These meetings are not new. They've been going on for months. And if the feds are going to try to shut them down, what choice do they have? Right? It's like voting with your wallet. Pull your kids. Find options. Find charter schools if you can't avoid private schools. If you can do homeschool, it's the way to go if you can do it. There are so many online programs held. The Khan Academy has an entire curriculum that I believe is fully accredited that costs nothing. It's a great resource for learning anything. If you got to help your kid with a subject, go to the Khan Academy. They work on donations. It's a phenomenal philanthropic endeavor for better educating kids and it's good now i haven't looked at it in a while who knows if it's been tilted way to the left but how far can you take it to the left if you're teaching math now not to digress too much but a ucla professor was fired during covid because he wouldn't give african-american students favorable grading 
in the wake of the George Floyd murder. That's right. This guy was at UCLA teaching on Zoom, not knowing what his kids looked like, what his students looked like. He refused. He lost his job. There's a lawsuit going on. UCLA, the Smithville Unified School District, it's all part of the same cancer. These are all the same people. All right? They hate hate masculinity. They hate free thinking. If the free thinking results in somebody that might disagree with their liberal agenda. So the battle's on. Merrick Garland, his pathetic ass came out and sicked the FBI on moms like Keisha King. They'll keep fighting, but honestly, what will matter? What will hurt these people is in their pocketbook. And if we start siphoning off students from this public school liberal nipple, then they're going to have to capitulate. You're going to see critical race theory evaporate. And it will never come to life in areas that are probably planning to teach it to your kids now. And I don't care what state you're in. California, Oregon, Texas, or Colorado. It's coming. Look at Texas. There are a lot of blue counties there. San Antonio is a blue county, people. You don't think that the school districts in blue old San Antonio or El Paso, Beto O'Rourkeville aren't looking to bring this in? They don't care about your kids. They care about what their peers think. And this critical race theory trash is all the rage. And then once they get that in, they're going to teach your kid about how gender is a social construct and don't pay attention to the fact that there are two options whenever you're asked to choose gender on any official document. No, no, no. Because they feel it's a social construct. And if they feel it, that's all that matters. And you are a bigot. You are a homophobe. You are transphobic if you disagree. So we'll see. I, I don't think because of the sheer numbers of school districts that are trying to implement or have already implemented perverse teachings like critical race theory, the sheer numbers make it impossible for the FBI to stop it. But you watch. They like to ruin people and they leverage fear. This is part of the old Marxist playbook here. They're going to come out and they're going to look at organizations like Moms for Liberty And you watch. They'll find somebody with what they call now in the military an extremist view. And if you see any of the hearings that go back months, and now the military's just announced they're going to start going deep into people's social media, which I understand a little bit. You're in the military. You're not free from scrutiny at any point. And they're trying to claim that political views don't matter. They're looking for extremist behavior but they won't define what it is. And it might be hard to give a Google definition. Give us examples. Because if following Donald Trump or donating to him is extremist, we got a problem. But they're, the liberals might not be quite unified in Congress right now, but in our education system, our public school education system, In our university system, they're unified. Don't doubt it. And um, this is is what Garland's memo closes with, our attorney general. While spirited, spirited debate about policy matters is protected under our Constitution, 
That protection does not extend to threats of violence, okay, or efforts to intimidate. There, you, That's the key. Threats of violence, pretty easy to define. You can't go to these school board meetings and tell somebody, I'm going to meet you outside or, I don't know, follow them to a restroom because I'm sure if a mom follows Miss Patty Porkface school member, school board member into the restroom to ask her questions, that's a threat. You watch. You watch. Some, I hope someone does it. They probably have some cover for a little bit since nobody's bothering the feminazis that did it to Kristen Cinema. But I guess that's not a threat. Remember, it's how they feel about it. Oh, it'll be a threat if a mom does it to some bloated school board member. Because here's the thing. Efforts to intimidate individuals based on their views. That's interesting. Effort to intimidate individuals based on their views. What do you think those women were doing or trying to do to Kristen Cinema? We know the answer. Joe Biden's still talking. Uh, today, he came out and fumbled around a lecture from the White House defending mass firings and hundreds of people losing their jobs. That's a quote over what are unconstitutional vax mandates for COVID-19. This was in Chicago. He didn't get shot and no gun, no gun shots were heard in the background. But he was at a Clayco construction site in Elk Grove Village. So it's probably super white area. I mean, remember, Democrats like Joe Biden don't actually go to the neighborhoods they claim to want to help. But he could barely read his teleprompter. I'm looking at a picture. He's squinting. I mean, God, he's got like one eye open. Honestly, he looks like Popeye or Jim Carrey's fire marshal goddamn bill. I mean, honestly, Joe Biden, other than... I mean, even the teeth sometimes roll over like, like that character does. It's horrifying. What a, what a strange thing people are going to see in a time capsule when they start looking at this guy in 100 years. At one point, this is from Gateway Pundit, Dementia Joe totally forgot where he was. The Ohio, Pennsylvania, the Ohio, Pennsylvania, I'm from Pennsylvania, he gestured, the Illinois president. Wow. Then he goes on to defend the mass firings because, you know, it's what he says. When you see, this is him speaking, when you see headlines and reports of mass firings and hundreds of people losing their jobs, look at the bigger story. This was interesting because he made some claim about an organization now having 99% people vaccinated. Yet, dumbass, do you know how math works? You're going to get closer to 100% if you eliminate people from the sample. So he tried to sell it as if the mandate motivated people, and it surely has scared people, not the same as motivation, has scared people who need to pay their bills and feed their family into getting the shot. That's wrong. That is not the American way to do it. This idiot's trying to sell us, and he's a terrible salesperson, He's not a compelling old man at all. He's just a dotering fool. And he's now trying to sell us that these mandates drove compliance. It's almost as creepy as when he sniffs a woman's hair. Unbelievable. His approval rating is still in the high 30s, which is record-breaking low. 
And the question now is how low can you go? I mean, the guy won't have any kind of victory with the infrastructure until December now. Because, and we'll talk about it in a minute, McConnell caved, and I'm a little more angry about it than I was last night. It was a little bit fresh news for me. He, He hasn't really, McConnell hasn't made a great argument in how he's helped the Democrats. And I'm more concerned because I'm reading CNN and Politico, and they're happy about it. If liberals are happy, I'm rarely happy, if ever. Might seem simplistic, but it works. If they accomplish something that they want, I'm usually not happy because we're screwed. So if what McConnell did makes liberals happy, it can't be good. We'll talk about it, but um, Joe Biden wasn't done telling us how vaccine mandates have increased vaccination percentages in hospital systems, in major corporations. I think he might have referenced AT&T. I don't know. But he also indicated that he pressured an emergency room to fast track a, quote, good friend who, now this is crazy stuff, had to wait and had a long wait at the emergency room. Hmm. Has anybody ever had a long, well, I guess that's COVID automatically. If the, if the waiting room in an emergency room is crowded, it must be COVID. Are you kidding me? Everybody who's ever had to take their kid or go to an emergency room knows that depending on the time you go, there can be a wait. If there had been a car accident, it's called triage, or someone has a heart attack, or you have a few emergencies like that, your finger cut that you suffered slicing tomatoes like a moron is not going to be triaged to the front. Or the illegal aliens and her kid who knows they can get free care off of our premium, our um, copay, they're sitting there with sniffles. They're not going to get seen. They're going to get seen before you and your bleeding finger because it's a kid. I get it. But they use emergency rooms for primary care. Everybody in the healthcare industry knows that. It's why the insurance payment for just showing up to the emergency room, for me, 10 years ago was 25. Five years ago was up to 75. Now I think it's $150, no matter what's wrong with me or my family. The moment I step foot in an emergency room, I'm out 150. That isn't going to the hospital. That's covering the undocumented who go into the emergency rooms for a virus or a cold or something or, you know, bacterial infection that would normally be treated at an urgent care or just a primary care office. They can't go there. So that backs up, that's backed up emergency rooms for years. But now anytime you, you, and they never, there was no hospital named. And I've talked about that tactic before, especially on social media. We just talked to a doctor in Nebraska who says they're at their breaking point. Well, with all these hospitals at their goddamn breaking point, how come one hasn't broken? I'm expecting to wake up one morning and and really across the, the headlines, hospital shuts down. Sick people found floating in the fountain. They ran out. They had to treat them in the parking lot. They had to drive them 100 miles. They had to send them home. It's not happening. Yes, they got full. Yes, they had to adjust. Also, we talked about this. The hospital executives don't don't have 
ICU beds waiting in staff for people. They open them up as they need them. So the capacity discussion is never relevant. Oh my God, they're at 98% capacity. Yes, of the active ICU beds, they're close. But there's 10 more waiting to be opened and staffed as needed. The hospital leadership's not going to waste the money having them stand there and wonder if ICU patients are going to come. They staff it as needed. They have what they call computer programs that actually help you do it. But that's not relevant because it feels scary when you hear those percentages. And we have to be sold that COVID's going to kill us all. And if you don't have the vaccine, you're going to die or kill others. But Joe Biden, the president of the United States, admitted that he called and complained to a hospital and got this supposed friend fast-tracked preferential treatment. Now, I hope this person, because I want to laugh at Joe and I want to point out hypocrisy of liberals, which is not hard whenever you're given information, I hope this person was fast-tracked and was white and was jumped to the front of the line in front of black and brown people because that is, by liberal definition, a total outrage. And that is white privilege by their definition. And had Donald Trump done this, we would know the patient. We would know the patient's social security number, who they last slept with, what they ate for breakfast, who they donate their money to, and how this person's related to Donald Trump, and if there is potentially any kind of Russian connection. That would be running end-to-end on CNN, MSNBC, and all the networks. But it's amazing because Joe Biden, in his senior moment, just decided to tell a story. I think he actually probably did call somebody or probably had somebody call. Maybe he, maybe he's bullshitting and thought it would like gain him traction as some hero who helped a sick person overcome COVID crowds in emergency rooms. And the, he said, they got, in, they got her into the hospital. The waiting room was so crowded. Things were so backed up. They couldn't even get her to be seen initially. Oh, my God, she had to wait. Now, fortunately, Joe, oh, wait, because this woman had trouble breathing, had a high fever, and could not catch her breath. Doesn't always get you jumped to the front of the line. I called the desk, he said, talked to the nurse, and asked what the situation was. Can you imagine? This nurse answers and probably doesn't believe it. Like, Hey, guys, probably puts her hand over the receiver. <laughs> Joe Biden's on the phone. You know, and he's, he's, you know, he's, come on, man. He's probably saying that. And he said, to make a long story short, it took a while because all of the, not all, the vast majority of emergency rooms and docs were occupied taking care of COVID patients. I want to hear what hospital, Joe, and I want to hear somebody at that hospital corroborate that. Because liberals never back it up with actual information when they make these wide-sweeping claims about COVID and hospital capacity and patients supposedly being turned away. They never back it. He's full, he's, he's full of it. He's lying. That's what they're going to do. And he's still, I mean, we're, we're approaching like 80% of Americans having at least one vaccine shot. And... L.A. counties maxing down, requiring vaccine passports. They're not letting up. They could care less. This is not about COVID anymore. But 
it, it, it's going to go away whether they like to or not. As long as we don't get some other surge from some other bullshit variant, like after Delta, it'll be Echo or this Mu one. I mean, Fauci out there talking about Christmas and saying, we'll see if we can get the sycophant reporter asking him, are we going to be able to see family at Christmas? And dude needs to turn on CBS on a Saturday and look at every SEC football game or look at any one of us. I don't care what state you're in. We're seeing people. We had holidays last time. We're going to have them this time. We've had gatherings. And like any typical government employee, he's at risk of being completely out of touch. What a failure. McConnell may piss me off with this. I don't know. But he he voted in support of the Democrats in an emergency uh, raising of the debt ceiling, allowing more budget um, bridges and band-aids to be passed until December when the Democrats are supposedly on their own going to have to come together. So they've kicked the can down the road. McConnell agreed when, according to Lindsey Graham and other senators, they had a plan. They were not going to do this. They were going to force the Democrats to go this alone. I, I like it less. I talked about it last night. I kind of wanted to give McConnell the benefit of the doubt when he said it's still on the Democrats. McConnell, you've been doing this a long time. How do you think the press is going to interpret this? Because the title from CNN, McConnell's shift on debt ceiling fight puts GOP in a bind. Just like that, it's no longer the Democrats who are in a serious bind between the Democrats and their progressive wing. Now, with this little underhand pitch by the turtle, the Republicans look like they can't make a decision. So strategically, so far, McConnell looks like he made a mistake. And yeah, it could have been a bad couple days if the debt ceiling couldn't be raised. What if the government defaulted? I'm sorry, um, who's selling me that a default of our massively in-debt federal government would be a bad thing? I can give two shits. At some point, it needs to default or do something that shuts people down and cuts off the money for a few days, right? I want to see these senators have to work on their own with no goddamn internet for a few days. Oh, but the government needs to function. I don't know if it needs to function for 48 hours or 72. Let them sweat. Oh, crap. We don't have money. We have nothing. We're lucky the lights are on. Maybe... We have to pass something, and maybe we have to cut a bunch of crap that we wanted to include. I'm feeling like a default would be nice. But, you know, this short-term debt limit fix that passed the Senate tonight is going to be, whether it helps the Democrats, I don't think it helps them in the long run, but it's going to be spun as a capitulation by Mitch McConnell. And honestly, it's not really spin if you interview Lindsey Graham and these other senators like Ted Cruz, who's furious. Um, these key GOP senators are calling out McConnell. That's not good. With the Democrats severely divided, our guys need to be united. This is this is where the Republicans have always screwed up. And I hate to say it, if you had to bet, they probably will again. Is while the Democrats are down and out, they will hand them the headlines and give Democrats a chance, meaning the liberal press, to point Republicans as divided. Now's not the time. Now's not the time 
When the Democrats are in power, no matter what they say, if the government defaults, they're the ones in charge. So take the hit in the press when they point fingers at you because in the long term, people know. Wait a minute. Nancy Pelosi's the speaker. Chuck Schumer's the majority leader. Joe Biden's the president. Those are facts. So if they can't pass something and they can't do it under the current debt ceiling, that isn't the minority party's fault. That's their fault. And, uh, you know, all we're doing is borrowing more and printing more. And in the background, you're going to hear it, especially on Fox News, everything's getting more expensive. Guess what? If you plan to do Christmas shopping, you better be done with it in the next three weeks. Because once we get into the holiday season, retailers are in trouble and they're, they're, they're worried. This isn't an empty threat of empty shelves. It's real. Supplies are not coming. Like pre-holiday stuff, day-to-day stuff, normal goods. So when you add on overseas shipments of seasonal items, Christmas, you're stacking on more inventory to a system that can't handle what it's currently handling. The bottleneck, and that's, that's an understatement, is going to affect us on the consumer end severely. And if all we have to do is give less and buy less for Christmas, that might be good. Because my kids and your kids probably get too much. Okay? Most likely. This year you can learn a lesson. Hey, Merry Christmas. The tree is empty. The Democrats fucked you. Learn now. It's what they do. What's amazing, they did it to you kids and you don't even pay taxes yet. Just wait till you have a job and you start making actual money. Because I don't raise a socialist, you will work and you will pay rent and you will be nice to your landlord. That's usually when they stick you. But you're getting, you're learning the lesson early. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, they screwed you. You got nothing. And then it's an opportunity to learn. Here's why. This is what inflation is. This is what having somebody like Princess Pete Buttigieg in charge of transportation does for a country. Who's he? He's the gay former mayor of South Bend and did a shitty job at that. Well, why is he in the job? Probably because he's gay. That made him actually an attractive candidate for president of the United States for about five minutes. But then when he talks... He's like a robot cyborg, and deep down, it even freaked out Democrats and liberals. It was like, woo, really weird. The guy has the substance of rice pudding, and he's the man in charge of transportation. He's the top government official over shipping logistics, over our ports. That's your guy, Mayor Pete with his fantastic looking kitchen, I have to say, his, he and his husband did a great job with it. I remember seeing him on a few Zooms during the campaign. They nailed it. Martha Stewart approves. But beyond making great interior decorating decisions, I don't want the guy touching something like shipping and transportation. Now, remember, when Pete took the job, he wasn't thinking he would actually work. He didn't actually work as the mayor of South Bend. We all know why he won. He's a sweet little guy and he happens to be gay. That has major carries major capital with liberals. And it's what got him 
as far as it did in the presidential run for the Democratic nomination, it's what got him in this cabinet appointment. He's supposed to show up and sign documents and be called Mr. Secretary. It's what you get to do. Not actually solve global problems. Holy shit. That's your guy. Truckers aren't working. They want more money. So even if your stuff gets into port, it's sitting waiting for a trucker to pick it up. Isn't that amazing? Liberals get to learn about how important the blue-collar worker actually is when they screw up, or actually sometimes when they get their way. Because I'm sorry, you and I all, we all know that if Donald Trump were still president, this would be solved. And if it wasn't solved yet, it would be getting solved. Just like the border, which the Democrats want to ignore. In, in a fair request, the mayor, I'm sorry, the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, asked for FEMA, through FEMA request, to declare a state of emergency, and Joe Biden shot it down. Even though thousands of people, unaccompanied minors included, are pouring across the border, and the state, the main crossing area is the Rio Grande, an area that is on the border of Texas, Haitians and alike, and you have evidence. You have, they just nabbed a sick, disgusting child rapist that was trying to get back into the country. They're grabbing criminals left and right. These are the ones they're catching. Who knows who's lurking and making their way north into a neighborhood near you. Won't, they won't get to Manhattan. They probably won't get to Malibu. Sometimes I wish they would. But um, because let's be real, Chelsea Handler were flashed by an illegal immigrant pedophile. Things might change. The liberals might actually take that threat seriously. But it's happened to you hayseed Texans, so they don't care. You're racist because you want a wall. Okay. Speaking of the wall, the Supreme Court told, it was like Sierra Club and those that sued as soon as Biden took office, he supported basically stopping the DOD funding that was building the border wall that Trump used. There's a chance that the Supreme Court, when the case comes back, says, hey, that's constitutional. That's within the right of the executive branch to do it. And boy, won't that be fun if that $2.5 billion gets refunded into the border wall and they got to start building it. It'll be great for people who actually like jobs, you know, something that Democrats claim to create and never do. But we'll see. Covered a lot there. Got to the border. I can't remember where I started. Probably, oh shit, it was Mitch McConnell, the Senate, the debt ceiling, the liberals being idiots. You kind of end up anywhere when you go there. Last thing I want to talk about is somebody that I do absolutely love to hear talk because you never know what he's going to say. And he is absolutely anti-woke culture, which needs to be destroyed. And that is one... <laughs> Elon Musk, who is moving Tesla headquarters from California to Austin, Texas, where he lives now. So he moved to Austin, and he's bringing Tesla with it. That's pretty fantastic. I love it. Um, you know, he, he could pick a less blue area than Austin, but it is a cool town. He probably likes live music. And he bashed the hell out of Newsom for his COVID insanity and forever minted himself is no longer welcome amongst liberal circles. Well, he's a multi-multi-billionaire. He can create his own circles. 
You can, if he wants to be around liberals, he can just pay a few liberals to hang around him. He can do whatever he wants. He's going to space with all of us, apparently. So yeah, he's actually doing it. Tesla's moving to Austin, and um, he's probably paying for all the people that are willing to do it to go. Probably great guy to work for. Who knows? Appreciate you guys listening. Had fun doing this one. I will be back um, probably Monday. It's Thursday now. I got a lot to do tomorrow, Friday. It's going to be tough through the weekend, which is Columbus Day weekend. That's the weekend I celebrate. Um, If I take Monday off, it's because of Columbus Day and not indigenous, otherwise known as people who were conquered like all of us have relatives and ancestors who were conquered day. That's not the day that's coming Monday. It's Christopher Columbus Day. If you have a chance to take a government holiday for that one, congratulations. Either way, I'm sure if you're working, you'll recognize that it's Chris's day and not some random group of people who, God God love them, had a rough time. But it's a random replacement because, sorry, the man discovered America for the free world. And I have to have some roots that are Italian. So go, Chris. Enjoy that celebration. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great day.